Welcome to Money Radio, WPSC's weekly broadcast of the Rotary Club of Erie meeting program at the Sheraton Erie Bayfront Hotel. Today's speaker is Dr. Matthew Sippel, Erie Area Psychiatrist. According to the uh, National Institute of Mental Health website, tens of millions of people in the United States suffer from mental illness, and only half of those people actually seek treatment for their mental illness. So in Erie, I come to find that we're very, very fortunate to have Dr. Sippel in Erie, Pennsylvania. Dr. Sippel is um, uh, a mental, he's been in the mental health field for over 15 years, both on the inpatient and outpatient side, and he has founded Bay City Psychiatry and the Center for Focused Care. Um, and I think what's most impressive about what Dr. Sippel is doing is he's bringing some very innovative treatments here to Erie, Pennsylvania, um, largely for depression, but also for other, um, other conditions. And that's why I wanted him to come speak with you today, because I think everybody in Erie needs to be aware of how lucky we are to have him here. Um, you can read more about his history and the Seaway, uh, but I just want to get right to it and let him talk about uh, the great things he's doing um, for mental health here in Erie, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for um, offering me to come today and speak with you folks on depression. Um, depression's near and dear to my heart, and everyone in here, you could probably think at least yourself, a family member, a, a very good friend, that depression has affected them. And to me, in our field in psychiatry, what makes us different than the other fields of medicine, we actually focus on quality of life, to enjoy life, to love life and love to live. So depression, as we've seen with the World Health Organization, has grown exponentially over the last several years globally. So it is affecting everyone. What that causes, we all come up with different theories, as in climate change and so forth, but we're, we're not quite sure. Um, as we progress and we see the effects of depression on people's lives, it has health effects, which is hugely important from um, being stagnant in cardiovascular disease and strokes and so forth like that. And we also see where it has effects on the family lives and cause divorces and uh, relationship issues, missing work, uh, billions of dollars on that front. Pick whichever part you want to pick from. I, I like the, the family effect because that's near and dear to all of us. Um, now with depression, I like to always start at the top because depression is a symptom. So when we talk about depression in of itself, um, what we're thinking about is a few different things. Depression is a feeling, it's an emotion. And then we look at the causes, it could be from depressive disorder. It could be from the other disorders in our realm, bipolar and things like that. We have medical causes such as thyroid disease, anemia, those type of things. Medications, even from other physicians, can cause depression. Um, we also think of stress reactions. You lost your job, you're having marital issues or relationship issues, um, you lost your dog. Um, we see that quite often too. Um, we also think of grief, still, um, you lose someone in your life that you've been with for 30 years and still suffering through that. Um, so we see all these multiple reasons that can cause depression. Um, 
the treatments all vary depending on what the cause of depression is and the severity. Um, the one slide I do that she, uh, Julie, had up showed a brain that was basically depressed. And the interesting part is when you see the one side of the brain, if you noticed, it wasn't lit up. I apologize, I'm going out of order. Um, as you see with the left, with the left uh, side of the brain, a brain depressed is showing. We can see it on a PET scan. It's not taking up a lot of nutrients. It's not excreting a lot of um, um, waste. So there's just not a lot of activity. Then as they become um, um, improved from their depression, the brain's lighting up again. It's taking up nutrients. It's activated. We're thinking clear. We have more energy in all the various lobes of the brain. So <clears throat> we have been able to prove this. Um, and thus all the studies, whether it's medicine, transmagnetic stimulation, therapy, we know this is what we go with is we see that improvement with a PET scan. Unfortunately, insurance companies will not pay for a PET scan to see if you got better. But um, anyway, so as we go further. And the other part with depression, I think that's also very important, it affects everyone. So whether you're young, you're old, um, your race, your gender, it affects everyone. It really does not have any limits to it whatsoever. Um, so it does affect all of us. So depression, as we were talking about, <clears throat> who's at risk for it? As I was saying, anyone can be depressed. And of course, we talked about genetics playing a role. That always goes back and forth, uh, nurture versus nature. Um, but the symptoms we see, physical fatigue and decreased energy, insomnia where folks um, either can't sleep or they're sleeping too much. Um, it contributes to pain, um, chronic pain and so forth. It worsens it. Um, we can see an increase in appetite or a decrease in appetite. <clears throat> and the amazing part is if you look at that, that can even be any various illness such as the flu. No, oh, I have a flu, I have all those symptoms. So it can seem very similar. And emotionally, we feel sad, loss of interest of life, your favorite thing to do if you want a vacation to um, Tahiti, it wouldn't matter to you. Your favorite food would not matter. Um, recurrent thoughts of death or if I didn't wake up again, I'd be okay with that. Losing a pleasurable activity, um, feeling guilty uh, about everything, hopeless worthlessness. The guilt that I see a lot in our office, people just feel guilty for feeling depressed. So with their loved ones, they feel they're not being, you know, significant other, mom, dad, so forth. And they actually feel very guilty that they're a burden on their family. So, um, and this kind of shows over um, the demographics a little bit. It's not obviously all inclusive, but it does show um, um, the rates of depression. As we've seen more recently, right now, um, I believe white males between 49 to about 60 have uh, one of the highest suicide rates. So it's more the Generation X people. Um, but younger age, we, we see more attempts from women and girls and so forth, um, but we see more follow through from the boys and the men. And that's usually a much more violent way. Um, impact on daily life, as I was talking about. The physical and emotional turmoil it has on the relationships, the hobbies, um, uh, work, so forth. Um, and severe depression can be life-threatening. 
we see people stop eating, which obviously th starts throwing off electrolytes, so you can become where your potassium is low, it can cause a heart arrhythmia. Um, so we see a lot of complications, dehydration, so forth. Um, severe depression, um, poor concentration is probably one of the biggest complaints uh, when somebody comes in. Um, meaning by us, when we say complaint, it's not like a complaint, complaint, chief complaint. Um, so the concentration is very hard to focus on anything, even watching TV for that matter. Um, a significant other can ask, what did they say? And they're not even really watching it. They're just looking through it and just existing. It's kind of like that commercial. You see the happy face, but behind that happy face is a very sad person. So they try to act happy. Um, so some of the things we talk about are the warning signs for uh, suicide. I won't go too much in this, but if people are starting, some of the biggest signs that we see, if people are starting to make dark jokes about dying and ways to die or someone died, aren't they lucky, things like that, you will never push anyone into committing suicide by asking, do you feel suicidal? It has, it's proven and it has never pushed anyone. So ask, and a lot of people, that is almost a cry for help. That's one of the first cries. Start letting people know how depressed they are. So treatment options for depression. So as the, the beginning uh, abstract I was talking about, um, depression can be all types of forms. And as I said, all the different causes. Now there's also severities, and for some folks, Therapy is excellent. Studies show it can help with from low to moderate depression. A lot of folks, it's very beneficial. Um, we sometimes need to go medicine. Some of the things um, when we get in our office, we know having a pet helps improve mood. Um, we know certain foods help improve mood. Exercise helps improve mood, releases endorphins, and we feel better. Um, I kind of like even what that, if anybody saw that Navy SEAL that gave that speech on making your bed every morning, start off making your bed. And I think from my standpoint, I thought, well, what a great thing. And the way he describes it is he's making the bed and then for the rest of the day, no matter how bad the day is, he already accomplished one thing. And by the time he gets home, the bed's made and he feels good, made it through that day. And so far, all of us in this room, no matter how bad of a day we've ever had, so far we have a 100% track record of making it through the day. So. Um. Mm. So with the treatment, we have various things if we know the cause of it. Um, sometimes, like I said, therapy, grief um, is very, uh, very good. Um, sometimes we move on to is a medication required for some period of time. And uh, we can go on the medication standpoint. Um, then we have other various treatments. Now we provide transmagnetic stimulation that's been out since 1997 in Europe, in Canada, 2002, in the United States since 2008. Um, and it's actually using a magnet that's the strength of an MRI and it activates the brain and has a much higher rate of success than medications. A lot of people may not know this, but by the time you failed on a third antidepressant, the chances of an antidepressant working is 6.7%. So every time you're on one, there's less and less chance it's gonna work. Um, as we're getting better at coming out with new treatments, um, I'm a big fan of the TMS, because we do it here in Erie. Um, we've seen the results where folks have been depressed for 12 years, and, and now they're enjoying life again, and see that is just 
awesome. I know all of us, um, when we see someone get better and someone's telling us, well, my spouse is holding my hand again, I see them doing activities they haven't done in 12 years. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, it, those are the things that I love about our job, where you may think our job's depressing. I love what we do. When someone gets better and you get a hug from somebody's parent or significant other, I got my, my significant other back. Thank you so much. I mean, it, it's, that's the best part about everything um, with us doing this. Um, so we have so many various uh, treatments, but hopefully if you are feeling depressed or a friend, things like that, getting them in with somebody um, from uh, a good therapist to a good uh, physician um, and hopefully kind of teasing it out the cause and what the appropriate treatment is and working with you what your goals are. Um, that is absolutely the best way to get better is have a good team approach with the person to get them better. Um, and that's a nice little synopsis of everything. Um, I want to make sure that I answer any questions um, someone has. Yes, ma'am. Sure. Uh, sure. Uh, so the question is, um, explain a little bit more how TMS works, um, and explain a little more about it. So TMS, transmagnetic stimulation, is neuromodulation. So the very um, way to explain it is it activates the cells, it jump starts them. As you saw that very beginning slide of the depressed brain, there's not a lot of activity. So it is a, a magnet that sits on the head during the treatment. We have the three minute treatments and it sits on the head for three minutes and magnetic energy passes through the skull. Skull's not a good conductor of electricity, thank God. Um, so, we, <laughs> so we do use, uh, we use this to activate the cells. And it's such a beautiful concept because we can activate the cells and pull them out of depression or if it's like a more anxious depression, we can do the other side at a lower frequency and calm the cells down. And it's using your own cells, your own everything to get started. That's what I love about it. The side effects are very few. Um, usually scalp pain where we're doing it, it is, depending on the person, I will say women are a little tougher than we are as men. Um, <laughs> women are like, yeah, it hurts, but it's not bad. The men are a lot tough. Uh, uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> I'll begin with my man card. Um, but it, it is a beautiful concept, and they're using it for so many other things in depression. Duke University neurology team, they're using it to show, slow down the progression of multiple sclerosis, to help improve cognition in Alzheimer's, and slow down the progression of Alzheimer's. Um, I trained with the godfather of this, Dr. Mark George. They're using it for Parkinson's um, when they're maxed out on their carbidopa, levodopa, cinnamon. Um, he was able to show that TMS can reach the area of the brain to uh, help with Parkinson. And really, they're working out for chronic fatigue. We were working uh, on getting a grant with Walter Reed for cervical neck pain um, to help the veterans coming back instead of putting them on pain pills. Um, so there is so many endless possibilities we're doing with this. In fact, it's FDA approved right now for migraines OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and major depression. Um, but the concept of the, of the whole thing for the brain, it's either activating or calming it down. And so many of the disorders, neurologic or psychiatric, are, are just that, activating it or slowing it down. So um, 
they're showing actually even folks that are 80 years old that where we see cognition start to slow down, but um, they're using it and they have been shown to improve cognitive function back to that of a 20 year old. So I'm hoping, you know, pretty soon I'll be able to get it and improve my cognition. But <laughs> yes, ma'am. Sure, uh, it's five days a week for six weeks, and then we do a taper down. And what I've, I've thought about this, and if you look at when we do medications, it's usually four to six weeks. We do therapy, we look at about six months. And we do ECT, electroconvulsive therapy. We're still looking at you know three, um, several months to start getting the effects of that. It's, the brain is neuroplastic, meaning it can change, it changes. And it's because of that change, it needs to take hold. So like pretty much anything we do with treatment for um, a lot of the conditions, it does seem to still require that, that um, uh, time to do so. Yes, sir. On the other side of TMS, well, they emit radiation. I've seen it. Uh, he said um, cell phones and radiation from cell phones. Actually, the latest study showed the radiation is not enough to cause any issues. At least, I, I believe I read that in um, the medical journal about three months ago. They were going back and forth, but you know, three months from now, they could change that. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Currently, she asked um, the age limit um, for TMS. Currently, by the FDA, it's approved for 22 to 70. Now, we have done folks younger, and we have done folks older. Um, currently, this year, they just passed step phase three of the FDA trials to do it in adolescents, 12 and above. Um, so we're expecting to see that out this year. Um, Right now, it's, this is the unfortunate part, I think, with our system. It's the company that actually makes the devices. So, yes, and then, exactly. Um, and it is Big Pharma. Um, I know I've switched devices because one charged for every single time I use the machine, and I couldn't do someone pro bono. Me, personally, if, you should never announce this, but if somebody's struggling, I actually, I. I want to help them. My number one thing is to help people, period. If I want to do my own brother, I want to be able to do him more. I'm a veteran, so my heart is near and dear to our vets, and if I had a vet, or anybody, actually, I just, I'm, I'm a softie. But, um, so that one particular device is the biggest uh, in the United States, and um, they're very expensive every time you use their machines, so I kind of moved away from theirs, so. But they're like pharma. I have nothing in my office that advertises any drug or any, um, any type of uh, big pharma. Um, not, they do our research, um, unfortunately. In some ways it's good, in some ways it's bad. I see both in good, so. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am.
Sure. Um, the, the first question was, um, how many meds basically does someone have to be on before um, being eligible for TMS? And the second piece of the um, question was, with someone, what I believe signs were, would we see in them that would kind of give us a red flag? Um, so the first part of the question, um, for TMS, actually the FDA requires only failing one antidepressant. The insurance companies, most of them require failing on two antidepressants with another med added onto and therapy. And once they fail those things, then insurance will approve getting the TMS piece of it. And there's so little side effects with TMS, no diabetes, no, you know. Um, then the second part of the question, one of the, one of the good litmus tests, everyone has down periods, and I use this a lot in my own practice, down versus being depressed. Eerie, February, you could probably go door to door and everybody's, <laughs> we could have a traveling TMS machine and just go to door. Um, but uh, feeling down is something common to all of us where we have a period that, you know, to get out of the house is just a little more difficult. We want to just eat maybe a little bit more, things like that, especially in Erie. So to have a down phase, but usually a friend can call you up and say, hey, why don't we go get a bite to eat, see a movie, and that perks you up. Someone depressed, that does not, they may go, but they're not enjoying themselves at all. They just want to be by themselves and isolate. Look for behavioral changes. Someone down will still be themselves. Someone depressed, they will not be the same. You'll see some shorter answers in their questions. They'll be a little more vague and ambiguous with giving you an answer. Um, some of their favorite thing, offer them, um, you want to go good? Um, you know, uh, lobster. No. Um, you know, the Beatles got back together. Let's go see them. Impossible, <laughs> but uh, they're like, no. So um, those are some of the things to start seeing. And then just kind of ask them. I like it to be more conversational when I even meet with a, a client um, where it's more, I kind of pick it out of our questions because you can learn a lot on how they're answering. And if it's a good friend, family member, so forth. And they're not seeming themselves. Um, start asking them, how are you feeling? Sometimes they don't even recognize it. So we see this go both ways. Some people don't realize they're actually slipping in depression because it doesn't usually happen overnight. It's gradual steps. Sleep starts to get a little bit off. Interest starts to go. Energy starts to go. And one day they wake up, I feel horrible. And same thing as we're getting better. Usually we'll see uh, energy starts to get a little better and sleep starts to get a little better. And it's a snowball effect. Now they're getting out doing things, which helps the depression get better. So I look at when we're treating depression, it's, I don't view it's just a medication or just therapy or just uh, um, TMS. It starts that whole process, that ball going, where now they're doing things and they're like, okay, they're feeling better and better. So I know I've been, somebody back there had their hand up. Okay. Doctor, can you comment yes. on hypnosis as a possible treatment for depression? Uh, yes, sir. Um, I hypnosis, uh, which Dr. Mesmer, uh, mesmerized actually, I believe, uh, he actually came up with hypnosis. The recent studies I've seen on hypnosis is they say it doesn't work, but I've had friends that have been hypnotized before to what degree it helps, like with depression. It may help more with being down. I think it'd be more interesting with hypnosis. Can you hypnotize them to actually? you know, do some more things and get out and eat healthier and more indirectly than directly. Yes, sir? Now, I remember a nickel candy bar and penny candy. 
with that, with that in mind, what is a six-week billable? What, what is the cost, actually, if you were to pay not an insurance company? The United States, the average cost for a full series of treatment is roughly about ten to $15,000. We're about eight, um, somewhere in there. Um, but when you, versus cost-wise, TMS has been shown to be the most cost-effective. A lot of the medications that we add on board, such as uh, Billify and those type of things, they're 900 a month. A hospital stay per night is about 1,200 to 1,300 a month with the average hospitalization five to eight days. Um, and the mentioned the medical costs of following up for um, blood work and, and possible diabetes. Um, yeah, so it is, it is a little costly, but. Yes, sir. What percent of success do you have with the TMS? Oh, what percent do we have? The national average percent uh, with TMS is they see about a 44% response rate. So that means, or sorry, remission rate. So on the depression rating scale, they're taking the average being about 20, which is severe depression and it's getting them down to about five, which is um, um, doing real well. One point lower, they'd be in remission, um, and, or they get down to four. Then the response rate is equal. So it kind of goes in thirds. So they see about 67% response rate. Um, and there is roughly a little less than about a third that doesn't respond. Now we see, um, right now we're having a 92% response rate, or sorry, 92, yeah, 92% response rate and a 72% remission rate. Um, so we're actually having a little bit better uh, results than the national average. Um, but we are very cautious though too. We don't do TMS on every person that walks in the room. Um, there's probably about a third of the folks, we, their diagnosis doesn't match up and we tell them um, in a very nice way, this would not be appropriate treatment for you and, and things like that. So instead of doing everyone that comes in, we're very, we wanna make sure we're doing the right treatment for the right thing. So, thank you very much. You have been listening to Money Radio, WPSE's weekly broadcast of the Rotary Club of Erie meeting program at the Sheridan Erie Bayfront Hotel. Today's speaker was Dr. Matthew Sippel, Erie Area Psychiatrist. Join us again next week and stay tuned for more informative programming on Money Radio, WPSC AM 1450 and FM 107.1.